بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمدہ صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹائٹ از دا نائنتھ آف سپٹمبر ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ So in continuation, the Maghrib prayer which we've just offered is indeed most beloved to our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? For our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, the Salat of Maghrib turns the Salat of the day into an odd number. They also turn the Salat of the night into an odd number. I, by offering your witr. This is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 2-30, 2-45, 2-83, Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, volume 1.699 in the chapter on litanies arranged during the day and night. So here the Prophet said something about Maghrib. He goes, the Maghrib Salah turns the Salah of the day into an odd number. So what does that mean? It means that if there was no Maghrib, The, all of your prayers combined would be an even number. Maghrib by itself turns the whole lot into an odd number. So what's the significance? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is one and he loves what is odd. He loves odd. He is with it and he loves with it. So it's not a coincidence that we have Maghrib at the last prayer. Why? Because it turns all of the day into Uh, an odd number the Prophet said then he said those also turn the Salat of the night into an odd number so what was he referring to now he was referring to Witr Witr turns everything into an odd number so here note Maghrib is very significant it's unique because without Maghrib there would be no uh, the Salat would not become an odd number so Allah has given that as a gift Our beloved mother, Sayyidah Aisha radiyallahu she relates that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Verily the most excellent of all salah in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Maghrib salah. Have you thus not noted it is not waived either for a traveler or a resident? Indeed the salat of the night begins with it and the salat of the day terminates with it. If anyone offers the Maghrib Salah and offers two rakats thereafter, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for him two castles in paradise, i.e. of either gold or silver. Subhanallah. So this is recorded in Tabarani in his Ausat, Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi in his Ihya, volume 1, page 709 in the chapter on litanies arranged during the day and night. So again, how explicit is this? What did the Prophet say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? The most excellent of all the Salat in the sight of your Lord is Maghrib. <laughs> so no point trying to work it out. The Prophet said it, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then, look how interesting, the Prophet gave you another wisdom why that is the case. Have you not noticed it is not shortened for the traveler? <laughs> how interesting is that? <laughs> Fajr obviously is two rakats, you can't shorten it to one. <laughs> 
Zohar is shortened to two, Asr is shortened to two, Isha is shortened to two. Why is Maghrib not shortened? Mm. This is the reason. Mm. Because it's a special Salat, Allah Ta'ala does not allow you to shorten it. Mm. Then he said, وسلم, the Salat of the night begins with it, meaning, as soon as the sun sets, then the night has started. In Islam, the night is the beginning of the day. Mm. And the Salat of the day terminates with it. So it makes sense. Mm. Don't you think that at the end of every single day, there's going to be some special gift Allah Ta'ala is going to give? The day has finished, a new day has started, Maghrib. Then the Prophet said, about the Turaqat Sunnah, which is Mawqidah, if anyone offers Maghrib Salat and offers Turaqats thereafter, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will build for him two castles in paradise. How interesting is that? You know, we... It's, it's, it's a prayer that we just do. We're told from a young age, never miss this prayer. This is a sunnah that the Prophet never missed. But has anybody bothered telling you the reward? <laughs> the reward is you get two castles. So for the first rakat, you get a castle in paradise. The second rakat, you get a second castle, two castles. So in a year, you've got 355 castles just for the two rakat sunnah, the maghrib. And that's leaving aside, of course, the multiplication at certain times. <laughs> Of either gold or silver. Mm. Why is Allah like giving it for those two rakats? Because it's Maghrib. Mm. All praise be to our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for such a truly priceless and glorious gift. Mm. Had not our beloved messenger famously said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with him and he loves with him. Mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one, unique, odd, and he loves the one, the unique, and the odd. Mm. Recorded in Imam Malik's Muwatta, Sahih, Nasai and Uds. So Allah Ta'ala has given you this. this is actually a hadith where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Allah Ta'ala has given you an additional prayer. Mm. Look, at, look at the wording. You've got the five obligatory prayers, but the Prophet said, you've been given an additional prayer, not by me, mm. by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's the witr. Mm. Maghrib is the only obligatory prayer out of the five prayers, which is odd. Those it naturally therefore must be the most beloved to him than the other four obligatory prayers. You know, even common sense says that. Which other of the five prayers is odd? Only Maghrib. So note again, when you're offering Maghrib, realize the value of this prayer. You know, people just go through the motion sometimes, they go into a mechanical mode. Note the wither of Isha is mentioned, about which our beloved messenger said, There are three deeds for me are obligatory. For you, they are optional. Offering a sacrifice, witr, and the two rakats of the Fajr prayer. <laughs> this is recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Imam Sayyuti Rahmatullah in his Unmudaj Al-Labib Fi Khasa'is Al-Habib. A sample of the special characteristics of the beloved for the intelligent, page 82 of the New English Translation. So these three deeds according to this hadith are the Prophet had no choice. He had to he had to offer these three deeds. One is the sacrifice. So the Qurbani on the day of Eid. The second is Witr. He couldn't miss it. The Prophet goes, it's obligatory for me. And the third is the two rakats of the Fajr, the very first prayer in the morning. So now this is a proof for who? For three of the Imams who say the Witr is Sunnah. The Hanafi state the Witr is Wajib. And and the reason being, there's other texts indicating this. Whatever the case, the Prophet never missed it. So we don't start going down the fikiru. If the Prophet wasn't allowed to ever miss this prayer, 
It's shameful for us to even contemplate to miss this prayer. And in a slightly different report, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, there are three matters which are obligatory upon me, which are superior or godatory for you. The sacrifice, the witr, and two rakats of Salat al-Duha. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Behaki 7-89, Abu Ya'la, Hakim in his Mustadrak, 1-300, Abdi ibn Humayd in his Musnad, 1-512, Abu Nu'im al-Hiliya, 9-232. Shaykh al-Bari, Rahmatullah, stated Da'if in his Ad-Da'ifa, 6-494. So in this report, which has a weakness in the chain of transmission, the Prophet mentioned another thing which is obligatory for him. Two rakat Salat al-Duha, the mid-morning prayer, which is optional for us. The Prophet said, I'm not allowed to miss this prayer. The two rakats are not maximum 12, minimum two. The Prophet said, two for me are obligatory. And he mentioned again the sacrifice of the wither. Note that the mention of Salat al-Duha here contradicts an authentic report from our beloved Muddha Sayyida Aisha who said, Radiyallah, he وسلم, used not to offer Salat al-Duha except when he returned from traveling. He وسلم, used not to offer Salat al-Duha except when he returned from traveling. This is in Sayyid Muslim number 717. So this is the beauty. If you get a weak report, that can clash with an authentic report. If you have an authentic report, it cannot clash with an authentic report because that's like saying the Prophet contradicted himself. The previous report I clearly mentioned has a weakness because it mentions Salat al-Duha. The Prophet said, I never miss it. It's obligatory for me. Then why would our mother say that Aisha say opposite? She said he did not offer Salat al-Duha unless he returned from traveling. So how can it be obligatory for him? So note again here, maybe there was a slip of a narrator here, meaning the Salat al-Duha was inadvertently mentioned by an innocent mistake by one of the sub-narrators. As mentioned earlier, our beloved messenger also said, وسلم, there are three things which for me are obligatory, but for you are sunnah. Witr, miswak, and standing in vigil, ayat This is in Tabarani. Behaki, Imam Sayyuti in his Unmudaj Al-Labib Fi Khasa'is Al-Habib page 82 of the New English Translation. So no, there's no contradiction. The Prophet is mentioning things that are obligatory upon him. What's he added here? He's added Tahajjid. Tahajjid, Miswaq, Witr. Now what's interesting, every single report I've mentioned, the Prophet mentioned Witr. You notice, there might have been a difference with some other deed, but he mentioned Witr, Witr, Witr. Meaning that was certainly obligatory upon the Prophet. The rest you could argue, depending upon the authenticity of the reports. So why do the Hanafi state it is wajib? So one of the proofs they give is that it's given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet said, Allah has given you an additional prayer. So he goes, it doesn't suit the majesty of the Lord to give you something which is termed a sunnah. He must have a special maqam. So Imam Abu Hanifa placed it between the Fadad and the Sunnah. Right? The Shafi state it's Sunnah Mu'akkidah. And what's interesting, the Shafis also believe that some Sunnah, it's just uh, semantics in words. Some Sunnah they say you shouldn't leave. But that's like saying it's wajib. So it's just semantics. 
leave the fig to one side. The important thing is to offer the, the withered prayer. Mm. Another thing people ask, once you offer the withered prayer, can you not pray after the withered prayer? Because they say it should be the last prayer. And there is a hadith in which the Prophet said that, make withered the last of your prayers. There is a hadith mentioning that. But again, like I'm trying to stress so much, you can't just quote hadiths. So the Prophet said that. We accept it. But what did he mean by that? Then the guy gives you that glazed look, well, it's straightforward. Is it? So what does it mean? It means you can't pray after with them. The Prophet didn't say that. The Prophet said, make the last prayer the with them. So the Imams, they've understood this hadith to mean that you must not nullify the witr. So what does that mean? It means the witr, the purpose of the witr is to make things odd. Therefore, if you offer another witr, then you've nullified because two withers make it even. However, if you offer an even prayer after the witr, the withal remains intact. So for instance, you offer the withal after the Isha, you don't get up for the Hajjit, and then you think, okay, I'll do two rakat nafil after my withal. Can you do that? Yes. Somebody goes, but that's not the last prayer, the last prayer is the withal. The two rakats does not nullify the withal. It still remains odd, but now it's become five, because you've offered a two rakat prayer. Or you pray withal, let's say, at night, then you go to sleep, you get up at the Hajjit. So are you telling me that you can't pray Tajid now because you've offered the Witr? So you pray the Tajid. So let's say you offer eight rakats Tajid. Now that's become 11 rakats because the three rakats Witr has made it into 11. The problem arises when you offer Witr again. Then you've nullified it. So that's the logic. Is there text? Yes. The hadith is in Tabarani, Sayyid hadith from Anas, radiallahu. He said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he would offer two rakats after the witr. In the first rakat, he would recite after Fatiha, Surah Ida Zulzilatil Ard. And in the second rakat, he would recite Surah Kafirun. <laughs> so there's an authentic report in Tabalani, either Sahih or Hassan, strong either way, which mentions that Rasulullah offered the two rakats after the witr. <laughs> so the problem now is if you have that erroneous understanding that with it is the last prayer, the Prophet is contradicting himself. So therefore, note again, go to the Imams. They are there to help you out. The Imams have said, it doesn't nullify because the two rakats are just added to the with it. It remains with it. And this is why the Prophet he would tell some of his companions, offer your with it early. And he would tell some of his companions, offer the with it, you know, later on. It's more rewarding, you know, in the last third of the night. If the ones who were told to offer witr in the early part of the night, do you honestly believe that the Prophet was condemning them from not praying tajid? Does it? So obviously even your heart says, it can't mean that. You're right, it doesn't mean that. It means that you offer witr and you can pray tajid. But don't offer another odd prayer because that will nullify the witr. And also how interesting, even the surahs were mentioned by the Sahab. The Prophet said in Tabarani, that the life journey is difficult, it's hard, it's burdensome. Therefore, offer two rakats tahajjid after your witr. Mm-hmm. Now look how merciful the Prophet is. 
he knows that most of us or a large section of us won't get up for tajid but he didn't want to deprive us so what he said was it's not ideal it's not the best but offer the two rakat after your witr so you're going to pray isha inshallah if you don't drop dead right so you're going to pray your isha four fathers two sunnah three witr a lot of people finish with that offer the two rakat nafil after your witr because why that's the ajit because it's not time for tahajjud. And they start coming out with what the Prophet told you to do it. It's substituting your tahajjud, meaning, and the way you're talking as if you're, as if you're a regular tahajjud. Do you ever pray tahajjud? No, then what you, you should be jumping at this opportunity. You know, if you're praying tahajjud, then okay, brother. But even if you do pray tahajjud, you've done two rakats. You might drop dead after that. You won't make it for tahajjud. So even logically, I'll just get two rakats in now. And I've covered, I'm covered even if death comes. I've offered my tahajjud. And even if not, I'll just continue. I'll do another eight, ten rakats afterwards, tahajjid. So no, the two rakats are tahajjid, even though you've prayed it after the Isha. So note again, you know what's happened to these sunnahs? People are so obsessed with innovations. You see the energy they put into it. What about the sunnah? Right? And Lord, imagine you'll die. And maybe you didn't really offer tahajjid once at the proper time. But guess what? On the day of judgment, you got the reward of tahajjid. Even why? Because you offer two rakats after witr. And people are flying out of the masjid so quick and I'm always baffled by that. I think, what are you running to? Imagine it was more important than salat. If anything, you should be running into the masjid, not running out. You know, it's coming in, you know, like dragging their feet, you know, this, that. Going out, they can't, it's like hot cold. And then you think, I think that's one of the signs of Qiyamah, everything stops you to have astaghfirullah. So note again, witr, and of course, offer the tajjid after that. One should also attend the weekly Friday prayer early. The angels, alayhi salatu wasalam, they have a special affiliation for these fortunate souls. So think about this. There's many virtues for coming to offer Friday prayer early. But there's one virtue I want to mention now, which isn't often mentioned. What is that virtue? The virtue is that the sinless angels they have a special relationship, alayhi salatu wasalam, for those who come early for Friday. In Behaki, Imam Ghazali, rahmatullahi, in his Ihya, volume 1, page 384, in the chapter on the mysteries of Salat and his greatness, our beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasalam, he said, Verily the angels, alayhi salatu wasalam, they miss a man who is behind this time for Friday. So stop in the report. What's happened? You each have a regular pattern. If you regularly come early for Friday, look what the Prophet said, and you haven't come, the angels miss you. They then ask each other, what is he doing? What has kept him behind this time? They then make the following dua. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if poverty has delayed him, enrich him. If sickness is the cause of his delay, cure him. If some other work has held him back, let him complete it so as to be able to worship you. And if amusement is delaying him, then turn him once more in obedience to you. Subhanallah. What dua do they make? So let's look at this. You haven't attended at your normal time. Don't forget this is a regular person. Not just like, well, you know, I feel strong in Ramadan, right? 
you go regularly early for uh, to, for Juma. You don't come. Now look how interesting the angels they they, they haven't got knowledge of the rib. They they go where is he? Well, before even moving on, why are they asking about you? <laughs> they have a special connection with you. Now there's only a few possibilities. You've come you've come late. The first is because you are in dire need of wealth. In other words, you know maybe it's to do with livelihood. So the angels they don't curse you because you're regularly come early. They say, "Oh Lord, if poverty has delayed him, enrich him, give him, give him whatever he needs." The second possibility, you're ill. Now, when you're ill, look how interesting. That's one of the excuses for not attending. If sickness is the cause of his delay, cure him. So, who are the people who are most quickly cured? Those who go early for Juma, your fruit cake. I've been ill for three years. Go early for Juma, right? And he goes, "What's that got to do with illness? Just do it, brother. Stop asking questions." Now. The angel's du'a isn't like our du'a. Why? Because, you know, be honest. Brother, make du'a for me. And what's the first thing that goes to your heart? If you knew how sinful I was, you're asking me to make du'a. Haram, coming out of the mouth. Haram, entering the ear. Haram, coming out the ear. Haram. Ya Allah. And then you think, Ya Allah, forgive them. They don't even know of my state. Are the angels like that? <laughs> the angels are sinless. And what du'a are they making? Cure him. Imagine you go to a person, Bachara. I need a special du'a, brother. I need a special. I'm really ill. I'm really ill. Go early for Juma. You know, straight away. What's that gonna do with my illness? The angels was not making du'a for your shafa. Thirdly, if some work has held him back, meaning something's happened, something come out of the blue, you're torn between. Oh, now what shall I do? And then you go to helping somebody, and then you Juma, you're coming late. Help him complete it so he can come. The task will be done easily. The fourth I find amazing. The fourth is a weakness. You're dilly dallying. Something has amused you. Now you're thinking, surely the angels aren't gonna pray. Now they're gonna think, Ya Allah, sort him out. How can he go late for Juma when he's on iPad? If amusement is delaying him, they still make a door. Turn him once more in obedience to you. What has unlocked this mighty treasure? Going early to Juma. Has anybody bothered telling you that? Imagine, to go early. That's the only going sunnah for sunnah. You give me no incentive at all. If you know, for example, if I'm working, I can get another half an hour of you know waging. Why do I need to go early for? You are, I'm losing out. Taxi driver get another fare. You know, I'm losing out. Leave the shop open until the second azan. I'm losing out. Why are you asking me to go early for? It's sunnah, brother. Right? You think, just stop talking, brother. You're frightening the guy from Islam. Then you say to the person, okay. Then you break it down. Then suddenly he thinks, I'm gonna be I'm a loser. There you go, brother. You said, I didn't want to say that. You've said it. Allahu Akbar. Which one of us is not in need of such priceless supplications from such honorable and sinless creations? Hence, come early to the Friday prayer. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon you. So now question to finish. Can the angels do anything themselves? No. So if you look at this report, you would think, what? Oh, you know, they, they've got a special affection for you. No, bakwas. The angels are programmed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is telling them to do this. 
So really Allah Ta'ala loves that servant. He's coming early for Jummah. I have a special relationship with him. You make dua for him. Right? So they make a dua, imagine. So even you go there, you know, you know it's people like this. You know, they go late for Jummah and you see grief in their face. And they actually feel embarrassed. They're in the back soft thinking, oh my God. Yeah, Allah, you know, I, I, I wanted to come early. There's the proof of Iman. Then you get those cowboys, isn't it? <laughs> you know, saloon wali come in last door swinging off hinges. You know, time for salah. They all come in like a big crowd. And then the first ones are. And Rasulullah, he was going on the journey to Tabuk over 500 miles in the blistering heat of summer. And during that journey, he offered Jummah. And what did he say? He said, sorry, he offered a sermon and he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, some of your go to Jummah late. Part of a long sermon in Behaki. Why did he say that? Some of you go to Jummah late. Imagine he's in jihad, sweating, probably, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, food and drinkers ran out. You think you just keep the sermon short, Ya Rasulullah, you know. If, why, when Jummah's not even fuddled on a journey, did he mention that in a sermon? Some of you go to Jummah late because it so troubled the Prophet. What's the matter with you? It's just one prayer. Can't you go early for that? And this is leaving aside the other rewards, which I'll mention some other time. If you look at some of the virtues, you, you know, you, you, your heart literally falls off. But this is one of the things not often mentioned about the Jumba prayer. And also, I'll just mention this. There's angels recording who come to the Jumba prayer. There's actually angels recording. If you come early, you've sacrificed a camel. You go a bit later, you've sacrificed a cow. You go a bit later, you've sacrificed uh, a chicken. You go a bit later, you've sacrificed an anda, <laughs> an egg. And after that, because they roll up when the sermon stops. So what's this sacrifice business? You're going early. Why am I getting the reward of sacrificing a camel? I'm very happy about the reward, but what's the wisdom? The wisdom is Jumma is greater than Eid. Jumma is greater than Eid in Ibn Majah. If you go early, you are showing through action that Jumma is greater than Eid. If you go late, you haven't sacrificed. And what did the Prophet say about Eid prayer? Don't even bother attending if you don't offer the sacrifice. He was so angry with that person. So there's a link here, which is in the Sayyid. So that's why you need to be very careful. And once Uthman, look at these amazing reports in Sayyid Bukhari. Uthman came late, the third Khalif. Umar was the Khalif, And he saw Uthman and he said, why have you come late? And Uthman, he come out with some excuse and he says, uh, and then Umar goes, have you had a bath? I've, I've done wudu because you haven't had a bath and the whole conversation look how they were treating Jumma Uthman obviously had a genuine you know he's getting these du'as 100% but Umar got upset he's thinking you set the standard you've come late then he looked and he goes have you had a bath meaning you must have had a bath he goes no I did wudu because you didn't have a bath now imagine what Umar would say where's everybody why am I the only one here? Well, they're going to come saloon while they're coming. Nobody will be moving in. They'll be coming soon. Hinges are going to come off doors. Then Chandawal is going to come after. So all I mentioned today was basically, again, talking about the glorious Maghrib prayer, which isn't often mentioned. The greatest of all the prayers of the day or the night, depending on how you look at it. Why is it the greatest prayer? And then I mentioned the witr in brief, showing the importance of the witr prayer. You can offer nafal after the witr, no problem, inshallah. And then I mentioned that the angels have a special affiliation for those who come early for the Jummah prayer. Mm -hmm. 
Og det er lige Christus. Så vandrer vi ham lige som han kalder ham, og vi ham ligger ashtu lailahi illa anda astafurikatu belæg, og det 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 belæg,